Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Thank you for being here. In hour three, Devin Nunes will be on the program talking about what he's trying to do relative to Twitter, among others. But we have a big program. You know, we have a big program every day, to tell you the truth. We have a big announcement next Tuesday. Big. No, I'm not pregnant. How's that even possible? What's wrong with you? Uh, We're going to spend some time, although not right this minute, taking a very, very good look at this group called CARE, which is now demanding that Fox advertisers, uh, that that either Fox dropped Janine Pirro and Tucker Carlson, that is, either they're fired or they're calling for advertisers to drop Fox. So I want to go deeply into what is CARE. What is this group? That only I have the guts to call out and to expose. And we will do it. I've been doing it for years. We're going to continue to do it. But before we do that, we've spent a lot of time on this program talking about newsrooms and journalism and news corporations. A lot of time. We've analyzed them in many ways, not just knee-jerk stuff. I've been taking a very, 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 very close look at all this including the history of journalism. And say what you will about Ted Koppel. But Ted Koppel was at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, I guess last week or the week before. And he reinforced something that anybody who is objective has got to conclude. Anybody who is objective has got to conclude. So let's listen very carefully to what Ted Koppel has to say. Cut 19, go. I'm, I'm terribly concerned that when you talk about the New York Times these days, when you talk about the Washington Post these days, we're not talking about the New York Times of 50 years ago. We are not talking about the Washington Post of 50 years ago. We're talking about organizations that... I believe have, in fact, decided as organizations that Donald J. Trump is bad for the United States. We have things appearing on the front page of the New York Times right now that never would have appeared 50 years ago. Analysis, commentary on the front page. I remember sitting at the breakfast table with my wife during the campaign after the Access Hollywood tape came out and the New York Times and I will I will not offend any of you here by using the language but you know exactly what words we used 
and they were spelled out on the front page of the New York Times. I turned to my wife and I said, the Times is absolutely committed to making sure that this guy does not get elected. Now, you know, it's interesting to me, sort of these old bulls of journalism, Marvin Kalb and Ted Koppel and their others, are very concerned about what they see taking place in the media. Now, many of them are liberals, and many of them are liberals who who did their best during their careers to conceal their liberalism. Some were better at it than most. But he's genuinely concerned about what's taken place. We should all be genuinely concerned about what's taken place. Because if you don't have a seriously free press, I'm not talking about a propaganda press, but a seriously free news-related media, a republic can't survive. So these institutions are destroying the country. They're not defending the free press. Jim Acosta is a perfect example. He's just a self-promoter. But Koppel wasn't done. Cut 20, go. So his perception that the establishment press is going to get him doesn't mean that great journalism is not being done. It is. But the notion that most of us look upon Donald Trump as being an absolute fiasco, he's not mistaken in that perception, and he's not mistaken when so many of the liberal media, for example, describe themselves as belonging to the resistance. What does that mean? That's not, that's not said by people who consider themselves reporters, objective reporters of facts. That's the kind of language that's used by people who genuinely believe, and I rather suspect with some justification, that Donald Trump is bad for the United States, and the better, you know, the sooner he's out of office, the better they will like it. Whether that happens by virtue of indictment, impeachment, or election, we'll see. But I disagree with you, Marvin. We are not the we are not the reservoir of objectivity that I think we were. No, they're not the reservoir of objectivity at all. And the American people know this. At least half of the American people know it. And we'll get into this down the road much more thoroughly, but I wanted you to hear that because it is compelling what Koppel said. He's no fan of Trump's, that's, that's quite obvious, but that even makes it more compelling. He feels he can put his personal beliefs against Trump aside and then take a look at his so-called profession and admonish the people who are in the so-called profession of journalism today. And admonish them. That's a big deal. And it's very concerning. Again, what is the purpose of freedom of speech? What is the purpose of freedom of the press? The purpose is for we the people. The whole construct of this country 
and the principles upon which it was founded was not intended for, uh, for a particular organization, for a particular institution. It was intended for we the people. This is why, when you extend it, project it somewhat, when you hear progressive politicians, radical left-wing politicians, talking about what they're going to do to the country, how they're going to use the rule of law against the country, how they're going to change the Constitution against the country, these are efforts that are intended to undermine you. The reason the Constitution is written the way it's written is to protect you. The reason why our founding principles are so important is because they say that the individual is paramount, that the civil society is paramount, in essence. The reason why the left wants to begin history today, or the left just wants you to think that we were founded by a bunch of slave owners and, uh, and it's gotten worse from there, is because they want to destroy what is. They want to destroy, destroy the core doctrine that this nation was founded upon. And we either fight them or we lose our country. These are not liberals in the traditional sense. These are not Democrats in the traditional sense. These are radical leftists who are throwing the equivalent of political Molotov cocktails at the system. I posted, I think, what is a very, very interesting video sent to me by a friend of mine who's in Hollywood, sent to me, and I posted it on my social sites. About AAC. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Who is she? Who is she? How did she pop on the national scene so quickly? Because of her, her genius? She's an idiot. Once she's off the talking points and off the script, it's abundantly clear that she's an idiot. Okay, who writes her talking points and script? The video, if you go to my social sites, Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, you don't have to, I'm just pointing it out is really quite fascinating and how it explains who she is and how she came to be. From a waitress and bartender to a member of Congress. How did that happen? Well, there was an extensive interview process by a radical left-wing group. By a radical left-wing group. And they decided on her. And as the spokesman of this video points out, quite convincingly, she basically works for them. She's their mouthpiece. And I would strongly encourage you to take a look at this. As I say, it's on my social sites. Now, when we come back, we're going to take a very, very good look at the Council on American-Islamic Relations. What is this group? When did it come from, this council? on American-Islamic relations. This group that's now demanding that the Fox News Channel fire Tucker Carlson and Janine Pirro, or that they will conduct and urge a boycott on their advertisers. This kind of blackmail. Well, I'm going to help expose this organization to you, so please stay by your radio, stay by your computer, stay by your handheld device, in other words, listen to the show. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
The new congressional leadership is in Tampa. There's nothing new about what they're pushing. Big government, centralized government, iron-fisted government, higher taxes, more regulations, open borders. They're on a mission to obstruct our freedom and undermine our sovereignty. Yours, mine, all of ours. And too many representatives don't care. This is the nature of progressivism. It's an ideological poison. And the best way to fight it is with knowledge, information about liberty, about the Declaration, about the Constitution, and how Congress is supposed to work. It's up to we, the people, to understand what our government is and is not supposed to do. And that includes Congress. And thankfully, my good friends at Hillsdale College have brought back the powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress, and it's absolutely free. Please take advantage of this remarkable offer to equip yourself your family, your friends, your neighbors, with the knowledge that all of us should have about our Congress and our government generally. Hillsdale College is on a critical mission to restore liberty in our great country. And you can take their excellent online courses for free for a limited time. So sign up right now for this important course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't anymore so we can do something about it. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. blackmail effort by this group CARE, Council on American Islamic Relations. American Muslim group calls for advertisers to drop Fox News unless Janine Pirro, Tucker Carlson are fired. The council, and by the way, they've been behind the boycott of Judge Pirro from the beginning. The Council on American Islamic Relations is calling on all advertisers to drop Fox News until the network fires host Janine Pirro and Tucker Carlson, due to comments by both hosts that the civil rights group called Islamophobic. There's no such thing as Islamophobic, as we discussed yesterday. This is a made-up word by groups like CARE. Fox News must clearly state that Janine Pira will not be allowed back on the air after her long history of Islamophobic hate rhetoric, and the network must also take similar action against other Islamophobic hosts like Tucker Carlson. Care National Executive Director Nihad Awad said in a statement, I'll get to you, Nihad Awad, you Nimrod. That's right. You don't scare me. All existing advertisers should drop their ads on Fox News, he insists, to ensure that they are not associated with the promotion of hate. The council, they write, more commonly known as CARE, is one of the largest and most influential civil rights organizations for Muslim Americans. Fox News preempted Jeanine Pirro's weekly Saturday show on Saturday, one week after the former federal judge, she was never a federal judge, you idiot, suggested on air that Representative Elian Omar may not fully support the United States Constitution because she's Muslim, a statement that the network said last week that it strongly condemns. And by the way, care, she is a dyed-in-the-wall, bald-faced anti-Semite. Do you disagree with that? Your friend, Ilhan Omar. Yes. And they go on with their attack. The Council on Islamic Relations is calling on all advertisers to drop Fox News until the network fires host Gene Pirro, they keep at it, Tucker Carlson, due to comments by both hosts that the civil rights group called Islamophobic. It's not a civil rights group, it's a front group, as I'll get to in a minute. Fox News must clearly state that they will not be allowed back on the air, that Jeanine Pirro won't, 
After her long history, all right, they repeat themselves. Now, care. We'll get started now. This may go after. Uh, may go on after the bottom of the hour. Our friends at the Clarion Project, an outstanding group, an outstanding site. The Council on American-Islamic Relations describes itself as America's largest Islamic civil liberties group. In reality, CARE grew out of the Islamic Association for Palestine, AIP, a group founded in 1981 by Hamas member Musa Abu Marzouk. Marzouk is now a senior Hamas official. U.S. Muslim Brotherhood documents clearly identify the, AI, the IAP, the Islamic Association for Palestine, as one of its fronts, that is, Hamas's fronts. In 1993, the U.S. Muslim Brotherhood Palestine Committee organized a secret meeting in Philadelphia that the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, wiretapped. That participants, which included two future CARE founders, Nihad Awad, the man you just heard from, who demands that Tucker Carlson and Janine Pirro be fired or they're going to run a boycott against Fox. Nihad Awad and Omar Ahmad discussed how to support Hamas, and in the words of a 2009 ruling by a federal judge, quote, goals, strategies, and American perceptions of the Muslim Brotherhood, unquote. Ahmad was recorded discussing how to modify language about destroying Israel for an American audience. The need to create a new neutral entity for influencing U.S. policy and opinion was agreed upon because, as they said, quote, it is known who we are, unquote. CARE was formed by Iwad and Ahmad the next year. In 1994, U.S. Muslim Brotherhood Palestine Committee meeting agenda includes, quote, Suggestions to develop work of care and eye up. In 2007, the U.S. government labeled care an unindicted co-conspirator in the trial of the Holy Land Foundation for financing the Hamas terrorist group. Care was listed among, quote, individuals, entities who are, were members of the U.S. Muslim Brotherhood's Palestine Committee and or its organizations, unquote. The Palestine Committee is a secret body set up to advance the Brotherhood slash Hamas agenda. In 2007, a case against convicted terrorist Sabri Bekala, federal prosecutors claimed from its founding by Muslim Brotherhood leaders, CARE conspired with other affiliates of the Muslim Brotherhood to support terrorists. The conspirators agreed to use deception to conceal from the American public their connections. To terrorism or terrorists I should say more when I return folks many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth recognize what's beautiful and hold up what is good but sadly many have lost their way locked in the grip of political correctness they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound 
to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. It would seem like CARE has an Americophobia problem, Mr. Producer, doesn't it? It's amazing that this organization has any credibility whatsoever and how the media let it slide. The media let it slide. So just to repeat, in 2007, the U.S. government labeled Karen unindicted co-conspirator in the trial of the Holy Land Foundation for financing the Hamas terrorist group. Care was listed among individuals and entities who are and were members of the U.S. Muslim Brotherhood's Palestine Committee and or its organizations. The Palestine Committee is a secret body set up to advance the Brotherhood Hamas agenda. On July 1, 2009, U.S. District Court Judge Jorge Salas upheld Care's designation as an unindicted co-conspirator because of, quote-unquote, ample evidence linking it to Hamas. However, he also ruled that the designation should not have been made public. Well, it was, and here we are. In November 2014, CARE was designated as a terrorist organization by the United Arab Emirates, along with a host of other Muslim Brotherhood entities. On 1991, one 1991 U.S. Muslim Brotherhood Memorandum, which was entered as evidence in the Holy Land Foundation trial, describes the Brotherhood's role as engaging in a civilization jihadist project. It states, quote, The Muslim Brotherhood must understand that their work in America is a kind of grand jihad in eliminating and destroying the Western civilization from within and sabotaging its miserable house by their hands and the hands of the believers said it is eliminated and God's religion is made victorious over all other religions. We must possess a mastery of the art of coalitions, the art of absorption, and the principles of cooperation. Now, who are the key players? Nihad Awad, Executive Director at CARE, who's leading the charge against Tucker Carlson and Janine Pirro and Fox. In 1994, Awad said, I am in support of the Hamas movement, more than the PLO. That same year, he said Hamas is right to defend themselves against illegal occupation. In 2004, Al Jazeera asked him about the U.S. designations of Hamas and Hezbollah as foreign terrorist organizations. He answered, we do not and will not condemn any liberation movement inside Palestine or Lebanon. Ibrahim Hooper, a CARE spokesman, Hoper previously worked for the IAP. In 1993, he said, I, would, I wouldn't want to create the impression that I wouldn't like the government of the United States to be Islamic sometime in the future. In 2003, he said that Sharia, Islamic law, would replace the U.S. Constitution if Muslims became the majority. Omar Ahmed served as CARES chairman until 2005. 
He served as senior executive in the Palestine Committee, an umbrella organization of U.S.-based Hamas support groups. He was listed personally as one of those who are and or were members of the U.S. Muslim Brotherhood's Palestine Committee and or its organizations by the U.S. District Court in the U.S. versus Holy Land Foundation case. International funding and loss of tax-exempt status. CARE has two separate nonprofit entities, CARE and the Washington Trust Foundation, which is legal if they are separate, if they act separately. However, they act as one, says the Clearing Project. Foreign donors write checks to CARE, and they are deposited into the dual account, which effectively hides the original source. This money is sent to the CARE Foundation. The donors must be reported, but the original sources remain hidden by routing the funds in this manner. The transfer of $1.8 million from the CARE Action Network to the CARE Foundation occurred over a five-year period. In September 2013, it was reported that CARE was violating the IRS laws and Foreign Agent Registration Act by hiding foreign donors. The report claimed that CARE has engaged in more than 100 political influence operations on behalf of foreign principals in the United States. Top care officials asked the late Libyan dictator Muammar Gaddafi to, quote, help pay for the distribution of one million Qurans in September 2009. Nihad Awad, CARE's executive director, also requested that Gaddafi fund the creation of the Muslim Peace Foundation, another nonprofit group. And over a five-year period, Qatar, the main sponsor of the Muslim Brotherhood, gave CARE at least $405,000. Top care officials have also approached Sudan for money, they had plans to solicit $50 million in governmental and non-governmental contributions from Saudi Arabia. Additionally, various sources in the United Arab Emirates, including its embassy in the U.S., have given over 450000 CARE lost its tax-exempt status in 2011 because it was one of 275,000 groups that, quote, failed to fire required annual reports, known as Form 990, detailing the revenues and expenses for three consecutive years. Should I go on or is everybody bored? Karen-related U.S. Muslim Brotherhood entities follow a doctrine called gradualism. It is a form of jihad based on pragmatism, patience, long-term planning, and self-evaluation. This self-evaluation and strategy recalibration leads the West to perceive its ideology and behavior as moderate. Muslim Brotherhood spiritual leader Yusef Karadawi stated gradualism in applying the Sharia is a wise requirement to follow. The FBI seized a Muslim Brotherhood document in 2004 that laid out its plan to overtake the West. The plan consisted of five phases. One, the secret establishment of leadership. Two, the gradual appearance on the public scene. Phase two calls for infiltrating various sectors of government, gaining religious institutions, gaining public support and sympathy, and establishing a shadow government. These are quotes. Three, escalation phase. Focusing on utilizing mass media. The document says that this stage is currently in progress. Four, open confrontation with the government through political pressure and training on the use of weapons domestically. The document says that there are noticeable activities in this regard. And of course, the final phase is seizing power. Now, CARE, back to CARE, wages an unrelenting campaign to discredit its critics as anti-Muslim bigots, as you see with Tucker Carlson and Janine Pirro. And moderate Muslim opponents as puppets 
of an Islamophobia network. A former member of the U.S. Muslim Brotherhood Network, Abdur Rahman Muhammad, publicly described a secret meeting in which he took part when the decision was made to use the term Islamophobia as a political weapon. Quote, this loathsome term is nothing more than a thought-terminating cliché conceived in the bowels of Muslim think tanks for the purpose of beating down critics, Muhammad says. In July 2013, when NYPD Police Commissioner Ray Kelly was considered as a replacement for Janet Napolitano as Secretary of Department of Homeland Security, CARE worked to block his possible nomination. CARE highlighted Kelly in its newsletter and claimed he had an association with Islamic phobic fringes because he appeared in the Third Jihad, Radical Islam's Vision for America, a critically acclaimed film produced by the Clarion Project and narrated by our friend Dr. Zudi Jasser. And it goes on. Let's see. During uh, November 2011, moderate Muslims Omar Jamal and Adirak Bihi participated in a Somali culture seminar in Minnesota that included a session about the terrorist group Al-Shahab, Al-Shabaab, I should say, and Al-Qaeda affiliate. Kerr complained about Al-Shabaab's description in the seminar, which they claim fails to distinguish between Islam and terrorism. Lori Soraya, Kerr, Minnesota president, wrote, these individuals who have no credibility in the Somali community are going to be educating law enforcement. At the time, Behi uh, served in Somali's UN delegation, and it goes on. We can link to this, Mr. Uh, producer. So why don't the media honestly tell us about CARE? CARE is now leading an effort to destroy Tucker Carlson and Janine Pirro, and more broadly, Fox. They want people to boycott Fox. Well, why don't people boycott the Council on American Islamic Relations or CARE? Why don't people boycott CARE and prevent them from going on TV and radio? Why don't people boycott CARE and have the IRS take another look at this organization, its funding, its activities? Why don't TV stations, TV networks, radio stations, radio networks stand up to these bullies? Rather than bend to them. There are legitimate organizations in this country that represent all kinds of ethnic groups and religious groups, including Muslims. This, in my view, is not one of them. And yet it has a big role in the Democrat Party. It had a big role in the government of Barack Obama. Now it has a big role in attacking conservatives and Republicans and attacking people who don't bow to its demands and its agenda. It was founded in Philadelphia in the mid-1900s, excuse me, 1990s as we discussed. And in my view, it's a front group. Just as Media Matters is a front group for the left and the Democrats. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus. 
the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit Imprimus.Hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. I have to blaze the trail because, to be honest with you, I understand the backbenchers. This is very dangerous stuff. It's personally dangerous, and it's dangerous as a career matter. People go, oh my God, what's he talking about? But I'm a big boy. I can defend myself. I can defend myself and bring people into a courtroom. I can defend myself on the air. The truth shall set you free. And the truth is an absolute defense. People want to litigate against me. It's going to be their worst nightmare. People want to interfere with my free speech and my career. It's going to be their worst nightmare. I'm just saying. I'm not part of the rollover crowd. Or the fetal position crowd. All right, Mr. Producer, do we have a good caller there? Hello. WABC, George in New Jersey. How may I help you, sir? George? George, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? All right, you got to speak up or the world can't hear you, my friend. All right. Hey, Mark, how are you? This is very... Talk into the mouthpiece. Talk right into the mouthpiece. Yeah, I'm into the mouthpiece. So this is very dangerous indeed, as you said, because I've seen this movie before, Mark. I'm a Christian Lebanese, and I grew up in a country that was mostly uh, Christian and big Muslim. Uh, and what they did there is exactly what's going on with the judge. So Let's I make think- sure everybody understands. Hezbollah secreted itself into your society, into the government, in fact, the Christian president early some time back was assassinated. They basically took over your military. They took over your civil, uh, uh, your civil departments and so forth, and they control your country. And I want to demonstrate to your audience that the judge is 100% correct. Please listen up, guys. You cannot be a true Muslim and be pro-United States Constitution. Well, that's not necessarily true, because I know several true Muslims who are pro-Constitution. matter of fact, they they fight in our wars. I understand, but they would have to denounce parts of the... And they do. In fact, Zudi Jasser has been on my program repeatedly. In fact, we're the ones that really found Zudi. He was out there starting his organization. We were the first to bring him on radio. Zudi Jasser has made clear... 
like every other religion. Let me give you There's a, a hold on now. I got to talk to the nation too. They went through. You have Muslims who have gone through a reformation, like other religions have gone through a reformation, and then you have people who are stuck in the seventh in the seventh century. And the and those who are stuck in the seventh century seek to impose their will, many of them, not all of them, on different societies. And so, uh, I mean, you have Zudi Jassus, who was a naval officer and uh, who is a proud, patriotic American and who is a Muslim. And then you have what you're calling really what are Islamists, fundamental Islamists. Correct? That's correct. Mark, let me give you two examples just quickly, please. So there is something called the Ummah. The Ummah, which means loyalty to the religion, supersedes loyalty to the country. Example, if I am a Muslim American, I am, I, am dict- I am supposed to, if I follow the law of my religion, to be to, 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 to side with a Muslim Mexican. I, I'm not trying to cut you off. I have a hard break. I understand your point. But I, I try to address it. There are people who do it, who believe exactly as you say. And there are Muslims who do not. They do not believe that that's the case. But I understand your point. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker. Somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building. We've once again made contact with our leader... Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The other day, we cataloged the list of proposals the Democrats have to further destroy our republic. And particularly, they're taking aim at the Constitution. They want to pack the Supreme Court now by adding six seats, 15 total seats. That's the latest proposal from uh, Beto O'Dork. And uh, he would have five chosen by Republicans, five chosen by Democrats, and five chosen by those 10. It's sort of a knockoff of the Supreme Court system in Israel, but sort of, but it's a disaster. What is the goal here? Well, the goal is to advance their agenda. They know that Republicans on the Supreme Court tend to change, or some of them do. Not so with the hardcore left-wing Democrat activists. And so you would have, uh, you know, suitor types and uh, others who would be on the court who would throw in with the Democrats. John Roberts in some instances, Anthony Kennedy types, who else? Sandra Day O'Connor types, you get the point. Cory Booker says, you know, we ought to explore term limits for Supreme Court justices. Actually, I have proposed that in at least two books. And my reasoning is, if they're going to act like politicians, then they don't need to serve for life on the Supreme Court. But we have a bigger problem than that. Every time the Democrats want to change the Constitution, they want to do it to make permanent their ideology. They want to enshrine their ideology in the Constitution. They want to destroy the Electoral College. Now, that is supposed to take an amendment to the Constitution, but now they're running around trying to cobble together enough states that will agree not to assign their electors 
based on who wins the state in a presidential election, but who wins the popular vote nationwide. And the amazing thing about Democrats doing this is they're weakening their own states. I see Colorado just did this, or is about to. That means nobody's going to campaign in Colorado. Why would you? There's no reason to campaign in Colorado if all the power is on the East Coast and the West Coast to the popular vote. But we're not a democracy. We go over this time and again. We're a republic, a constitutional republic. We don't have a direct election of our president or vice president. There are safeguards in place. So we don't turn into the Third Reich or Venezuela or anything of the sort. There are tripwires in place to protect us from the worst elements among us. And it's worked pretty damn well. And when they say that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote and Trump won the election because of the Electoral College, and that's an example of the problem. As my friend Bill Bennett has pointed out, Hillary Clinton lost the popular vote unless you count California. In other words, she ran up the numbers in California. California is now a disaster politically. The Democrats control it lock, stock, and barrel. They have an iron-fisted control over it the way Vladimir Putin has control over the ballot boxes in the old Soviet Union. They continue to tighten the rules, tighten the rules to, to ensure the election of Democrats. Four or five of those seats that were lost to Democrats in the House of Representatives this time around was because of the changes to the, to the, uh, uh, to the electoral system that California put in place. You actually have Voting, excuse me, counting going on a week after the votes have been cast. And they give all kinds of interesting names to to ballots that aren't there on time, where they can't substantiate who, who cast the ballot and so forth and so on. Every vote counts. What they mean by that is not that every legitimate vote counts, that every vote counts. Period. Legitimate or otherwise. And so they want to get rid of the Electoral College. The purpose of the Electoral College is to ensure that all the country is represented, not just the population centers. Why would a small state be part of the union if all it is is, a, uh, is, a, is, is to be taxed to support the union? It wants to say, too. As we've talked about, we have the breadbasket in the Midwest. They wouldn't be represented effectively. We have the oil patch. That wouldn't be represented much either. Just by population, that's where the representation would come from. That's not appropriate. Not a democracy. We're a republic. So they're attacking the Electoral College because they think the fastest way to win is with this national popular vote. But you need to change the Constitution if that's what you want to do. But they're trying to get past it. This national popular vote initiative or compact, they call it, uh, has states agreeing that they will cast their electoral votes, again, not for the candidate who wins their state, the popular vote in their state, but for the candidate who wins nationwide. These are all blue states and one purple state that's thrown in on this. And they want to get the 270, 271 electoral college uh, states. That is, uh, that accumulates a majority. 270. And they figure they've got it won. 
going around the Constitution yet again. Packing the court, going around the Constitution yet again. Something that was rejected in the 30s when Franklin Roosevelt attempted it in his own party, which controlled Congress, said no. His own vice president, who'd been Speaker of the House, he said no. And behind the scenes, he was working against FDR. We have efforts now to bureaucratize what's called gerrymandering. That is the the creation of congressional districts. Um, So they want to take it out of the hands of politics and put it in the hands of so-called experts. This is the whole notion of progressivism all the time. And let me tell you, what that means is the election of more Democrats. They do not abide our immigration laws. They will not secure the border. What's that all about? Change the nature of the citizenry. Change the population. They're doing it. They know they're doing it. We see that they're doing it. It has nothing to do with race. It has to do with votes. And if you raise a question, then they say it has everything to do with race. That's why they genuflected on this. Big labor used to be opposed to open borders. African-American civil rights organizations used to be opposed to open borders. Ralph Abernathy was opposed. Other organizations, Latino organizations, American-based Latino organizations that had as its members American citizens who were Latinos, they used to oppose open borders. The Democrat Party opposed open borders. Now they want open borders as a sure way to control the government, the country, forevermore. So there is a methodical effort underway to undermine Republican government, not Republican Party government, Republican as opposed to tyrannical or pure democracy, mobocracy. The unraveling of the constitutional order, they've done it economically. They've done it economically. They've done it with the income tax. Have they done it with redistribution of wealth, massive entitlements? The massive welfare state. They've done it economically. We're unmoored from the Constitution. Now their aim is to destroy the Constitution itself. And this should concern you greatly because that Constitution exists to protect you. And what the Democrats are creating is a mob. What the media are creating is a mob, a mob mentality. It's not about representative government. It's not about even having your input. When they nationalize health care, if they do, and do a single-payer plan, you will have no input whatsoever. Democrat, Republican, moderate, doesn't matter. You'll have no input. The bureaucracy will be in control. Have you ever tried to have input in your local school system? Well, multiply that by a 1,000. In the name of the people, they destroy the ability of the people to determine their own fate. In the name of the general welfare and what's the best interest of the community, they will determine how you are to live, the manner in which you're to live. They will determine how much wealth you can have. Listen to them. They're telling you right now they're out of the closet like never before. Listen to them. Democratic socialism, socialism. Incredible. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Does your current office 
chair supports you. Now, if you're lucky, maybe it goes up and down. Compare that to my X chair with dynamic variable lumbar support or DVL. The X chair's DVL provides unbelievably comfortable lumbar support. Every part of the chair can be custom adjusted to fit you. That's why the X chair is equally supportive and comfortable. Whether you're 5 feet 2 inches tall and 110 pounds or 6 feet 4 inches tall and 250 pounds. I can comfortably sit for hours in my X chair. And now with the introduction of the X basic model. There's an X chair for every body type and budget. Take advantage of X chair's new financing option and pay as little as 30 bucks a month. Take your comfort and productivity to the next level for less than the cost of a daily cup of coffee. X chair is on sale right now for $100 off. Just go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com, or give us a call, 1-844-4X-CHAIR, 1-844-4X-CHAIR. X-CHAIR comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction, and I will tell you, nobody's doing that. I was in one of these office stores over the weekend getting Xerox paper and getting some ink for my printer, and I looked at the chairs. I didn't see any 30-day guarantee. All the chairs look alike. They all feel alike. You can get them for pennies on the dollar. They break. They're uncomfortable, and they're not good for your back or your neck. Take my word for this. Somebody who's had an L5 problem now for a while. So X-Chair comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. Go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com, or give us a call at one 844 what is it? One eight four 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 X chair. One eight four 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 X chair. Now, if you go to xchairlevin dot com and use code X wheels, you'll receive a free set of the new X wheels too for your chair. Xchairlevin dot com or give us a call one eight four 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 X chair. It is a wonderful product. I know. I'm sitting in it right now. All right. Let's see here. I think we should continue. The Supreme Court, they want to tamper with the Supreme Court. Now, the only reason they want to tamper with the court is they don't get 100% their way on the decisions. When you look at every major cultural, so-called social issue that the court has taken up, the left has won. The left decided same-sex marriage. The left decided contraception. The left decided Obamacare. All through the courts. And there are many, many more decisions of that ilk. But the president had a victory today. That is, we, the American people, the American citizen, had a victory today. This is how Reuters explains it. The Supreme Court endorsed the government's authority to detain immigrants awaiting deportation any time, potentially even years, after they have completed prison terms for criminal convictions. Now, why is this controversial? We have a criminal who's here, they are put in jail, they serve their time, and are they supposed to be then released into the public? They're supposed to be deported. We have a lot of these sanctuary cities and states who hide the ball, who don't tell the feds, don't tell ICE. Hey, even though we have a detainer from the feds, ICE, to detain this individual so they can get the individual and deport the individual, we're not telling them. We're not working with the feds. We're a sanctuary city. Nobody can tell us what to do. These are human beings. Remember that on tax day, ladies and gentlemen. 
you're a human being, so nobody can imprison you. But anyway, they say in Reuters, the President Trump has handed a victory as he pursues hardline immigration policies. So it's a hardline immigration policy to actually deport somebody who's supposed to be deported, who's committed a crime, who's done the time, and needs to get the hell out of our country. But, Mark, you don't understand. These are people who can contribute to our society. Now, let them contribute to the society where they're from. And why would they want to stay here anyway with systemic racism and white privilege and all that? Why, Why does anybody want to stay here? The court ruled five to four. That's the scary part. This should have been a unanimous decision. Five to four along ideological lines. Now, Justice, Chief Justice Roberts, what does that tell you about Obama judges and Clinton judges? Anyway, with its conservative justices in the majority and its liberal justices dissenting, that federal authorities could place such immigrants into indefinite detention anytime without the possibility of bail, not just immediately after they finish prison sentence. Let's slow down. We have citizens and we have non-citizens. We have citizens and we have illegal aliens. Since when are illegal aliens or aliens who are, uh, who are to be deported, since when are they treated like citizens? Since when do all these rights inure to these people? They don't. But more and more, if you read the, my first book, Men in Black, you can see the Supreme Court keeps conferring rights on them. More and more rights on them. Making it much more difficult to remove them. And the decision was written by Sam Alito, Associate Justice, left open the possibility that some immigrants could challenge their detention. These immigrants potentially could argue that the use of the 1996 federal law involved in the case, the immigration, uh, the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigration Responsibility Act, uh, against them long after finishing their sentence would violate their due process rights under the Constitution. I don't agree with that at all, quite frankly. I don't agree with that at all. I'll give you an example why I don't agree with this at all. That point. Okay, you have a sanctuary city. ICE puts out a detainer. We want that guy. San Francisco says, uh, we're not telling you. Well, where is he? Oh, we let him out a week ago. And then somehow, some way, they find the guy five years later. What are they supposed to do? Put him through a whole bunch of uh, judicially created processes? Uh, I mean, you'll never deport anybody. And all you do is encourage these cities and states that are already being lawless to be even further lawless, to be more aggressively lawless. Justice Breyer, writing for the Libs, it runs the gravest risk of depriving those whom the government has detained one of the oldest and most important of our constitutionally guaranteed freedoms. For immigrants, when did that start? Alito wrote that it's not the court's job to impose a time limit for when immigrants can be detained after serving a prison sentence. And he noted that the court has previously said that an official's crucial duties are better carried out late than never. I, I, I just wonder how the leftists on the court, sometimes the others... How they think they can run the country out of their little cloistered offices and in conference rooms. You know, the progressives, you know, they think they can run anything. They can run the oil companies, the immigration system. They can question the president on national emergencies and so forth. Where do they get all this genius from? 
from their from their law clerks? I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. A champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. I know a lot, I know a lot of you are worried about the cost of health care. Insurance companies keep shifting more costs on the patients. Deductibles have more than tripled in recent years, and drug discounts are being swallowed up by pharmacy benefit managers. We've talked about pharmacy benefit managers. We did last week, PBMs. Now, they're supposed to negotiate better drug prices for patients, but these middlemen actually make more money from higher list prices, don't they? Democrats are using higher deductibles and fewer discounts at the pharmacy as an excuse to socialize our health care. But that will simply mean higher taxes, and more government control. The result will be scarcity, less choice, and fewer breakthrough drugs. So while President Trump wants to immediately eliminate the system where PPMs benefit from higher list prices and pocketing drug discounts meant for seniors and other customers, the Democrats want to keep this perverse system. And oddly enough, you know who else? The AARP, that's who. Along with wanting foreign price controls and placing restrictions on seniors' access to more expensive drugs. Could that be because the AARP makes billions from partnering with insurers to sell Medicare supplemental insurance plans? How AARP can justify keeping health insurers and PPMs more profitable at the expense of seniors, I don't know. It's playing right into the Democrats' socialized medicine playbook. So let's get the facts. Go to truehealthcarefacts.com. That's truehealthcarefacts.com. Truehealthcarefacts.com. I want to turn to a piece here by Gary Palmer that was in the Wall Street Journal, online edition. He's a solid Republican. He represents Alabama's 6th Congressional District. And he has a message for Ilhan Omar, the anti-Semite from Minneapolis-St. Paul. He says, Representative Ilhan Omar, a freshman Democrat from Minnesota, has become widely known for her attacks on supporters of Israel. 
Ms. Omar is a naturalized citizen whose Somali refugee family settled in the United States when she was a teenager. Think about that. And yet she hates the country. Tens of thousands of Somali refugees relocated to the U.S., some 25,000 in the Minneapolis area, to escape the starvation, famine, and civil war that turned Somalia into a lawless, failed state in the early 1990s. Another name is worth recognition and remembrance, especially among Somali refugees like Omar, Lawrence Friedman. In 1992, the year after Ms. Omar's family fled Somalia, the U.S. sent troops there as part of a joint United Nations humanitarian effort. The U.S. intervention, Operation Restore Hope, many of you remember this, began with the landing of U.S. troops near Mogadishu, on December 9th. Lawrence Friedman was a U.S. Army veteran who earned two bronze stars in Vietnam. He was an original member of the Green Berets, reached the rank of Sergeant Major, and eventually became an instructor. He retired from the Army in 1990 and joined the Central Intelligence Agency. In 1992, the U.S. sent Friedman as part of an advance team to prepare the way for American troops into Somalia. On December 23, two weeks after the troops had arrived, Friedman became the first American killed as part of the relief effort in Somalia. Any American casualty is noteworthy, but Friedman's sacrifice stands out because he was Jewish. Thousands of Somali refugees who now live in Ms. Omar's district had their freedom and security paid for with the blood of American soldiers, 22 of them, including freedmen. Ms. Omar's words have caused concern about the Somali and Jewish communities in Minneapolis, which have worked for years to build friendships and collaborate on charitable pushes against hunger, illiteracy, and discrimination. These efforts to build and nurture relationships stand in sharp contrast to Ms. Omar's anti-Semite statements. Despite calls for her removal from the House Foreign Affairs Committee, thus far the only consequence for her and her bigotry has been a washed-up resolution against hate speech crafted by Ms. Omar's fellow Democrats. Unfortunately, even before her election to Congress, Ms. Omar had a record of comments that raised grave concerns about her views toward Jews and what has said What she has said since her election has only heightened those concerns. Sergeant Major Lawrence Friedman is buried in Arlington Cemetery beneath a black marker etched with a green beret and a star of David. His epitaph reads, The life of the dead is placed in the memory of the living. Americans, including Ms. Omar, should remember him. And those who died with him to give Somalis a chance to live in freedom. Gary Palmer, member of Congress, Republican from Alabama's 6th Congressional District. Yet Omar is known everywhere and Friedman is known in very few places. Isn't that the nature of things today? And I said before, and I'll say again, you go to Arlington Cemetery, you go to any of these military cemeteries, 
in Arlington many times, row after row after row of headstones. Headstones. Mostly men. Mostly Christian. Mostly white. Not exclusively, of course. But as a majority Christian, white country, you can understand that most of the souls that rest at Arlington National Cemetery and in all of our military cemeteries, most of them, are white Christian men. If I hear one more time about white privilege, I'm going to bust a blood vessel. We should be talking about our fellow Americans, regardless of race, regardless of religion, regardless of, of gender, with respect as individuals, as individuals. And yet we don't do that because of identity politics pushed by the left, pushed by the radical left, pushed by radical organizations, radical religious organizations, radical political organizations, and the Democrat Party. And when they talk about white privilege... They mean to attack millions and millions and millions of people, men, women, children, grandchildren, who are born white. And I don't even know what white means, quite frankly, since nobody's really white. And if you say that's enough, that's enough of the identity politics, it's destructive, it's balkanizing the country, it's ripping us at our, at our core, then you're said to be what? Defending the Klan and neo-Nazis? Pretty incredible, isn't it? No, it's unconscionable. And this has voice in our media. I watched a video today. I'm not going to play it for you here, the audio part. If you want to see it, you ought to go to Levin TV tonight which was very frustrating and even depressing. A school district in, of all places, Tennessee, a Republican state, teaching about culture. Their teachers, teaching their teachers, training their teachers about culture. And what it is, is a hard-left indoctrination program. And it is spreading across the United States. And almost no school district is exempt. It's being pushed by administrators, being pushed by the NEA, and it is out there and it is being used. In this school district in Tennessee, teachers were being taught about systemic racism in America, enduring, I think they call it, enduring racism, the privileged classes, the underprivileged classes how to build allies to advance various causes. This is how we lose our country. This is what the progressives a hundred years ago were all about. If you read Rediscovering Americanism, 
That is, using our educational system. Forcing everybody to get an education, which is fine to a point. But forcing them into the government schools, that's not fine. In which they are indoctrinated. And it was John Dewey who said, and I paraphrase, it's not good enough to go through the mechanics to learn English, literature, mathematics, science, and so forth. You need to learn them for a reason. The reason has to be bigger than the subject matter. And the reason, of course, is social activism. And this has been going on for a long time now, but it has really reached an intense point. And teachers are now being trained, forcibly trained, they must attend, on white privilege, systemic racism, enduring racism in our country. You expect your children and grandchildren to learn about American history? All of it? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. This is why Nancy Pelosi wants 16-year-olds to vote. They've got it all figured out on the left. You must destroy the nation in order to rebuild it in your image, in order to advance your ideology. You must destroy it. You must destroy success. You must attack rich people. You must attack successful companies. You must attack, 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 attack in order to destroy So those who are successful and employ people and create wealth so people can have mortgages and other types of loans and so forth and so on, they must be destroyed. They must be characterized as something wholly negative. You must get used to the idea that you're in quote-unquote the middle class. Whatever that means, means nothing. You must stay in the middle class. What they mean is they need their worker bees for government. And you're the worker bees for government. And you better not step out. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Come on. All right, here we go. If you've never been on a cruise, I really want you to listen to this. I think there's one you're going to want to look into. My buddy Brent is out at the Media Research Center. He's planning a Mediterranean cruise like none other. It's September 13th through the 24th. Don't you need a break? Don't you want to give yourself a gift? And it sounds like a really great program. Now, I would go. Except some of you will get mad that I'm not on radio and not on TV. One of these days I will. But a lot of my good friends are going to be on this cruise. And I want you to meet them and talk to them. For all the details, you just go to mrccruise.com and call 888-MRC-TRIP. That's 888-MRC-TRIP. Or you can go to mrccruise.com. Now already they've signed up Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. You know, that would be enough. The great columnist, Cal Thomas, that would be enough. Jason Chavitz, well, maybe not enough, but that's very cool. Joe Piscopo. Terry Jeffrey from CNS News, one of my favorite websites. And there's going to be many more announced soon. But don't you want to go be with some like-minded people? 
luxuriate for once. There'll be over a dozen private sessions with these folks, lots of time for Q&A, as well as opportunities to discuss issues with speakers over dinner and at receptions. Even more than that, enjoy yourselves. Enjoy yourself. It's time. I know this is going to be a trip you won't want to miss. All the details are available. MRCCruise.com, MRCCruise.com, or give a call to 888-MRC-TRIP, 888-MRC-TRIP. Now, this is not hype, but you know, they sold out last year, and they sold out fairly quickly, because this is a cruise like none other, and I'm serious about it, so you don't want to put it off. What a great anniversary gift, or just, you know what, I've had enough of this crazy world, we're going to enjoy our lives. We're going to take a cruise with people we like. That's mrccruise.com or 888-MRC-TRIP. And, of course, Brent's going to be on that trip, and he is, he is a blast. He's an absolute blast. Well, okay. Let's take a call, shall we? Avi, Queens, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hey, great one. How are you? I'm great. I just wanted to, to bring out a point from this Trump victory. Um, today, and that is, I mean, it's really just a, you know, a backboard to to say how crazy liberals are. But what liberals really do is that they take the framers' mind and they take the absolute truth mm-hmm. and and take it and dissolve it. They completely take the absolute truth that we know, you know, if you if you have a core family and good values from your parents, they take that and they make you question it, and that's where it all comes from. They're literally taking a society that was built from geniuses, from framers that had core values that understood human nature, and they want to completely dissolve it. You make an excellent point. And really what we should be doing is trying to strengthen those institutions, those familial ties, personal accountability and responsibility. But we have an entire party that's invested in the opposite. Government is to replace parents. Government is to replace personal responsibility. Government is to replace work. It's, uh, it's really quite appalling. This has, has uh, no uh, look like what the, what the framers intended. This is nothing what the, framer, uh, what the framers intended. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And not only that, can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. You know, it's human nature to want to go What would you say? Greater. It's human nature. I'm just kidding you. All right, Avi, thanks for your call. We much appreciate it. Let's see if I can slip in another call here. All right, let's go. William, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Yes. Um, just wanted to mention, you know, the Electoral College. Uh, I couldn't help but thinking how many of us realized that Hillary lost the election because she was a lousy candidate. Mm-hmm. But I guess a lot of these Democrats, they feel that she lost because they didn't cheat enough. So, well, aren't most of the Democrat candidates lousy candidates? So they want to put the fix in, so their army of leftists will vote them in. They want to change the system to accommodate their uh, their intentions, and we got to fight them. Because they will. They'll destroy this country the way they've destroyed one state after another, like locusts. Thank you for your call, my friend. Big hour coming. Devin Nunes. I'll be right back.
Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know why you don't want to miss this show all three hours? Because, ladies and gentlemen, what I say is repeated three, four, five days later, if not a week later. Even today, we were talking about all the ways in which the Democrats seek to eviscerate our constitutional order, right? We talked about that about two weeks ago, talked about it last week, talked about it again today. Well, now it's all over the place, going through the same list. This is a good thing. We are the megaphone for liberty, for constitutionalism, for capitalism, for conservatism. We never flinch. We never abandon it for populism or nationalism. No, 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 no. We are constitutional conservatives. That's who we are. And we know why we are. Now, there's another effort underway. We've touched on this. It needs to be touched on again. Just look at how the Democrats are so busy trying to sabotage our institutions. Aspects of our Constitution, our judicial system, uh, and, of course, the president himself. But, But here we have Washington State joins New Jersey in trying to keep Trump off its 2020 ballot. And notice these efforts to sabotage are all fascistic. You should have the right to vote. Everyone should have the right to vote. 16 year olds, felons. Illegal aliens. Okay, can I vote to reelect the president? Absolutely not. Why? Not until he turns over 10 years of his tax returns. Otherwise, he's not going to be on our ballot. Well, where is that in the Constitution? Nowhere. Who cares? As Matt Vespa put it at Town Hall, resist we much, as Al Sharpton famously said on MSLSD. And with Blue America, they're doing it nonstop. They're still sour and angry over their 2016 loss. They still cannot accept or tolerate Donald Trump being in the position that should have gone to Hillary Clinton. This is what happens when you don't expect to get punched in the mouth. So with 2020 on the horizon, some blue states are trying to do a few things to make it more difficult for Trump to stay on their respective ballots. For starters, they're rehashing the tax return debate. So you see, here's how you win. 
You push Trump off certain ballots in certain states. Uh, if your candidate doesn't win, then the election's illegitimate. The Electoral College is said to be a, uh, a throwback to slavery. I don't even understand that argument. There's no connection to it whatsoever. And, of course, in the end, if you vote for Trump, you're a racist. They got it all figured out. Donald Trump didn't release his taxes. He refused to bow to liberal media pressure. Yet for New Jersey, they're advancing legislation to keep any presidential candidate off their ballot if he or she didn't release their tax returns. In Washington State, they're trying to do the same thing. Last week, via CBS News, a proposal inspired by President Trump's refusal to release his tax returns advanced in Washington State. A bill in the state legislature would require candidates to release five years of returns before they could appear on either the primary or general election ballot in the state. Senators approved the bill 28 to 21, sending it to the House in Washington State. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the Constitution does not require this. The House and the state, the Democrats have a majority 57 to 41, so the bill is expected to pass. So what this means, of course, is the presidential campaign of Donald Trump will have to go to court, try to get this undone in these blue states. These fascistic Democrats in these blue states. That's what they are. We want more people to vote just for who we want them to vote for, right? Right? Now, why do they want Donald Trump's tax returns? Is there an earnest basis for this? Well, we want to see if he's colluding. That's, that's BS. The Democrats collude with foreign powers all the time. They've been doing it for 50 years. So do the media, by the way. The New York Times with Cooper and so forth. They want Donald Trump's tax returns so they can attack him. And he knows it, and that's why he's not going to give it to them. And there's nothing they can do to get him. Nothing. There's no legal right to Donald Trump's tax returns. None. There's not even any relevancy to his tax returns. The American people decided he's going to be our president whether or not we see his tax returns. We're still waiting for Nancy Pelosi and that big lugger husband, Paul Pelosi, or Double P. We're waiting for Double P to show us their tax returns, but they won't. All members of Congress should release 10 years of their tax returns, but they won't. Why not? They're the ones that propose bills. They're the ones who are spending our money. Why shouldn't we see them? No, you can't. Now, before we lose Alex from Knoxville, Tennessee, and I don't want to lose him, I talked about this propaganda training that's going on in Tennessee where teachers are taught about white privilege. It's just incredible. Again, watch Levin TV. We play the video, and I talk about it. Let's go to Alex, Knoxville, Tennessee, the great WOKI. Go! Mr. Levin, it's very nice to talk to you. I'm a first-time caller, and uh, I heard you talking about a video that you saw on YouTube in regards to uh, cultural competency is the program that they're forcing. That's right, cultural competency. And there's a whole series of them, apparently. Yeah, it's um, it's being... We're being indoctrinated by the uh, University of Tennessee uh, Department of Cultural Diversity. 
and uh, we've had to sit through four sessions um, starting last spring. So over the last year, we've had to sit through four sessions of that program. And you're coming in and out for some reason. Speak right into the mic. I'm sorry. Mouthpiece. Uh, yep. the, school, the school district that we're in, in Knox County, there are um, 86 schools in our district. And um, and they're forcing every teacher in the school district to go through it. I teach in a rural high school, um, a farming community and so on. And the, and the group of teachers I have, we were just appalled on the way they treated us in this program and the way that they told us that we were teaching the kids all wrong because of who we are and what ethnicity we are. And it was, it was, this has been a disgusting program. And, um, the school district came down with it. Superintendent said, everybody's got to go through it. Well, it really is outrageous. It's hardcore radical left-wing propaganda. Every teacher in the school district and every teacher maybe in the state is having to, uh, to, to, uh, to genuflect to this. Uh, it, is, it is about so-called white privilege, this enduring racism it talks about. If it wasn't so serious, it would be like a Saturday Night Live skit, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, and that's how it felt. We sat in, class, in, in these groups in, you know, sitting all day. You're coming in and out again, Alex. I'm sorry, Mark. I actually stopped my car so I could talk to you and make sure. Sounds like you're driving through the mountains of Chattanooga, quite frankly. Um, Actually, I'm actually just between uh, Asheville and Knoxville coming back from Hilton Head. Well, I'm pretty close. Go ahead. Um, But we, you know, we're sitting in the, we were sitting in these training classes in groups and we, you know, teachers, we start looking at each other and kind of shaking our heads and, and, and the way that the instructors just talk to us. They demeaned us and actually told us exactly that we are treating our students and we're being racist in the classroom if uh, because if if you're white um, and you have you have a multicultural classroom. They were actually telling us that we were doing everything wrong because we were automatically racist. And 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 there was a line in there saying that sometimes you do this unconsciously. Yes, yeah, they think that we do it and we don't even think about it. It's pretty disgusting. It really is. It, it, so uh, there you yeah. go. And I wanted to say thank you for bringing it to light to the country, and, and I hope you continue on, and, and hopefully my phone call will maybe get some other people that, that listen to your show to call in and talk about it. All right, Alex. Good luck out there. You know, being being a man of white privilege and all, take care of yourself. Let's continue, shall we? Brad, Lakewood, Colorado, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Yeah, thank you for taking my phone call. Yes. Yes, uh, Colorado did pass a law to give away their nine electoral votes. Mm-hmm. However, they neglected to put a safety clause in it. So once the governor signed it, it's uh, eligible to be put on the ballot now. In other words, we're going to collect a bunch of signatures, and we, the voters, will get a chance to vote it down in the fall. Yeah, well, you know what? We'll see what happens. Um, these These plebiscites and referenda, I'm not a big fan of them. Uh, sort of direct democracy. It's why we have a Declaration of Independence that talks about unalienable rights. People aren't supposed to be able to vote for or against your rights. And this is an effort to undermine the Electoral College, our Republican system, little r, Republican system. And it's amazing how the Democrats, just like the Socialists and the Marxists, have figured out that you need to popularize tyranny. 
You need to popularize tyranny. And that, at least for the left, is what they mean by populism. Good luck, Brad. Thank you for your call, my friend. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Gotta enjoy myself. I hope you are, too. Have you ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work? Can you explain the differences between capitalism and socialism? Wish you knew more about American history? Well, I have good news. It's not too late to learn, no matter how busy you are or how long it's been since being in high school or college. And you can do it for free. Hillsdale College as a service to our nation has free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes. The core that teaches how to think critically and act virtuously. And it can help us too. Getting started is simple. Just sign up for one of more or more of Hillsdale's most popular online courses for free. And you can start learning whenever you like. Visit levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com right now. And you'll be on your way to a rich, meaningful education. The registration page featuring these free online courses will only be up for a few weeks. So stop thinking about it. Stop wishing about it. Let's start learning. Register today for free at levinforhillsdale.com. Tell family members and friends. Levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I'm telling you, I'm not, this is not intended to be braggadocious. A braggadocious. I have an entire chapter on plunder and deceit, on colleges and college education, and the funding and student loans and how they hire faculty and on and on and on. And now it's all over TV. Not because of me. I'm not saying that. Just stick with me. We're going to be way ahead of everybody else. It's very important. And when I tell you the big news on Tuesday... We're going to be, again, way ahead of everybody else. It's very important that we be ahead of everybody else. Why? Because it's me? No. Because we have to anticipate what the left is doing. So just stick with me. We haven't changed here. For 15 years, we've done the same thing. Plow the trail. Plow the trail, baby. Let us continue. Robbie, Las Vegas, Nevada. The great Kadon, K-D-W-N, go. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Uh, okay. I'm a, teacher out in the, I'm a teacher out in Nevada. I teach uh, eighth grade social studies. I was at a uh, professional development, and we were talking about the curriculum for next year, and a bunch of social studies teachers said we need to start talking about how the world looks at uh, the United States now and how they look at us at having the worst uh, president we've had in history. And I looked at a social studies teacher, and I said, you really think he's the worst president we've ever had? And I just wanted you to comment, what do you say to people like that, you know? Uh, because they all glared at me like... Wait a minute, and they teach history? Well, that's my point, is we, uh, um, you know, we got people... Okay, let's, that- uh, let's, let's go through it. What has Donald Trump actually done to the press? Nothing. What has Donald Trump actually done with immigration? Try to enforce existing immigration laws. What has Donald Trump actually done to the courts? Put people on the courts who claim that they 
that they're going to be faithful to the Constitution, who take an oath to uphold the Constitution, and that's who he appoints. What has Donald Trump done with the military? Support it. What has Donald Trump done across the board? Look at his record. You don't have to agree with everything, but he hasn't harmed the republic. He loves this country. Why don't you ask them to study uh, James Buchanan? Do they even know who James Buchanan is? <laughs> um, I think there's just... Let me ask you a question. But I'm just saying, what do you tell them? I'm telling you. <clears throat> Why don't you ask them about the president at the turn of the last century who expanded the Espionage Act into the Sedition Act and applied it against journalists? That would be Woodrow Wilson. Why don't you ask them about their hero, Franklin Roosevelt, who rounded up, up 120,000 Japanese Americans and Americans of Japanese descent and put them in internment camps. God forbid if you tell them about Eisenhower, who actually rounded up one million illegal aliens and shipped them back over the southern border. Are you aware of that? Uh, I listened to your show. Uh, you taught me about it. He actually called it Operation Wetback. Not me. That's what they called it. I can go down a whole list of presidents, some of whom were great, who did some things that we today would be very, very appalled by. Donald Trump hasn't done any of this stuff. None of it. None of it. Not even close to any of this stuff. They think he's the worst president ever because they have been uh, indoctrinated or they're doing indoctrination. They're propagandists. But they probably have tenure and they're teaching our kids this crap. And it's truly appalling. Donald Trump has been among the least abusive presidents in terms of using power that I can think of. That I can think And I'm saying this honestly. And I challenge any liberal to call this show and tell me, how has he abused power? I can tell you how Lyndon Johnson abused power. Well, the uh, Gulf of Tonkin resolution. I can tell you how JFK abused power, both in the uh, White House swimming pool and otherwise. I can't even conceive of how Donald Trump has abused power, quite frankly. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Keep up the good fight in the classroom. When we return, scheduled anyway... Devin Nunes on his lawsuit against Twitter. I'll be right back. Making sure the land of the free and the home of the brave stays that way. Dial Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. Well, we're pleased to have our friend Devin Nunes, Congressman California, on the program this evening. How are you, sir? Doing well, Mark. Thanks for having me back on. And look at this. You got reelected despite the best efforts of your enemies. Isn't that something? They, they spent uh, $11.5 million Jeez. and had every major news organization in the country attacking me. And uh, now I'm going back to clean it all up. Now, you're bringing a lawsuit against Twitter. Tell us what's going on. Well, this is just the first of of many, uh, but a lot of this starts with Twitter today because Twitter and Facebook are so much of where everyone goes to now to get their news. And they've had it uh, really good for a long time where they can say that they are just a public square, that they are not like Fox News or, or the Washington Post, and they cannot be sued for defamation. So what that's allowed them to do is to effectively 
get away with developing content. So many conservatives are wondering, you know, what's going on? What's shadow banning? How come people aren't seeing it? How come you see so many liberals getting so many likes and so many follows? It's because we're being conned. These guys are, are using the laws to pretend not to be a, a content developer, uh, when in fact they are very much like uh, any type of, of, of news station. And so because they can't be sued for defamation uh, means that they get away with this. And so this is the first of many lawsuits that I'm bringing, but I'm starting with Twitter because, as you know, this is where the media goes. They put stuff on Twitter. It goes out. Uh, last year, you may remember, people couldn't see my tweets, so I was being shadow banned. And that, that What does that mean for everybody? What does shadow ban mean? So for those people that aren't on, well, I guess people that are on Twitter too, but I'll try to describe it in a way that people, so people that are even not on Twitter, if I tweet something, I think it's out there. I see it on my feed. But Mark Levin, who's also on Twitter, never sees my tweet. So I have no idea. So that's why it's called shadow banning. So I think it's there. I think my buddy Mark Levin is able to see it. But in fact, Mark, you never see it, and nor do other millions of others, uh, other Americans. And so they admitted that that was happening last year. They said that we caught up, got caught up in some algorithm. Um, and look, they, you know, it's fine. They can say they made mistakes. They can say they apologize. But I'm sorry, you're, you're a content developer. Uh, you have a, a bunch of left-wing people that are working for you. That by, they admit that now. Uh, the CEO admitted that last week. So, sorry, you, you are building algorithms, and, and even if you think you're not being biased, you are. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, they need to either get the hell out of the algorithm business or, or become a content developer like any other news station is. And you feel they're doing this intentionally. It's just too obvious that it happens to a lot of conservatives. Well... <laughs> Even if they're, look, I, do I think that uh, there are a bunch of left-wingers that work at tr- Twitter and that where they can tweak conservatives? Absolutely, because it's, it's just happening too often to conservatives. It's happening too often. Now, do I believe that everybody at Twitter is, not, is, 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 is doing it? I don't, but even if, but the fact of the, that they're developing algorithms, that's a human being. So, you know, you're, you're, a human being is deciding, you know, well, if I say the word conservative, that may have a negative connotation to me as a Twitter employee, just pretending. Mm-hmm. But if I say the word liberal, I may like that. And so what's happening is, is that there's just built-in bias going into however they're developing their algorithms. That's what has to be happening, because it's not possible that you would have so many conservatives that, that, are, that are being either their tweets aren't going out or they're being censored, they're being kicked off Twitter. So, look, it's just it's, it's come to an end. Uh, I have been telling people that, the, and look, this is all ultimately re- related to the Russia investigation. Let's not forget that. So, sorry for going on a rant here. Mark. No, I want to hear I want to hear it. Go ahead. Yeah, so, so if you look at what they did to me, okay, this was not done by the Democratic Party. They weren't trying to defeat me. This was done by someone else with a very orchestrated effort to target me and my family. And you know why? It was because they wanted me off their case so that I wouldn't find the dirty cops and the FBI that were working with the Democrats in the Clinton campaign to collude with the Russians to try to, to, try to basically take out a president. 
That's what it was about. There was millions of dollars spent against me. And I said it back in the day. I said, look, we're gonna, I'm going to win this election. We're going we're gonna to file criminal referrals to the Department of Justice as soon as Rosenstein and others are out of there, and I can trust that somebody's going to do something with it. And then I'm going to go after all of these fake news stories and these social media uh, giants, or the tech oligarchs as I call them, uh, and I'm going to go after them. The only way I have to do it is through the courts. And look, this is not going to be easy, uh, but, but every single major uh, news media outlet out there that wrote a fake news story, and there's a lot of them where they either attack me, my family, Republicans on the, on the committee, sorry, you're, you, you just don't get to defame politicians and put it out on Twitter anymore. I mean, you, I mean, you can do it, but I'm going to come after you. You know, Congressman, uh, and I discuss this with Lynn Wood on my Fox show, and this is something I've known anyway. That is, prior to the 1964 Supreme Court decision, New York Times uh, decision versus Sullivan, you know, states had all kinds of defamation laws. And you could bring these defamation lawsuits in the states, uh, and they didn't have these cockamamie standards that were created, manufactured by the court, uh, in order to immunize really outrageous conduct by news outlets. You and I favor freedom of the press. You and I favor free speech. You and I favor the Constitution more than the left does. But freedom of speech, freedom of the press, the First Amendment, the Constitution, does not immunize people from lying and deceiving intentionally bad conduct. This isn't a matter of opinion. It's not a matter of uh, nuance. It's a matter of known lying and conduct that is intended to have a particular result. And so this is something that's really important to look at. Now, I'm guessing, I don't know. I'm guessing Twitter's going to say what you said, which is, hey, wait a minute. We're a private company. You don't get to sue us this way. Is that what they're saying? I don't know. Well, we don't know what they're going to say. Um, and look, from our, from our perspective, we don't really care what they say. Uh, we want to get to discovery. We want to figure out what are their algorithms. They say they're not shadow banning. Great. Show us your algorithms. That's all, that's all this is about. And look, I have a right as a citizen of this country, whether I'm a public official or not, or in the public square, I have a right to know because there is a... There is all, they, they admitted that people weren't seeing my tweets. Just that alone is enough. But to let these accounts go on, and I don't want to, I don't want to go on and on here. But you know, people need to know that they had accounts that were attacking me hundreds and and over time, thousands of times with retweets and everything else that were that were saying really bad things, accusing me of breaking federal crimes. Okay, as we were conducting the Russia investigation. So all of these things are, are, are related. And look, you don't get... Now, hold on. Now, hold, who was doing that? Was it some fake operation or so, some... So, yeah. So, they're, well, they're, they're, they were anonymous accounts, okay? So, which we're, we're basically asking Twitter, look, we need to... You are allowing these anonymous count, accounts who are nameless to, to, to slander me. And look, that is against their own rules. So even in their terms of service, they're not supposed to use... People like if you or I go on Twitter, Mark, right now, and we put something sexually explicit out there, I guarantee you we would be taken down for sensitive co- content within, within minutes, within minutes by the Twitter police, okay? But somehow, for two years, they allowed numerous anonymous accounts to attack me 
at will with sexually explicit stuff. They impersonated my family. They accused me of every crime in the book. Uh, and look, it's, it's, it's fine. I, I'm a public figure and I can handle it. But I am going to use every piece of the law that I have under the Constitution to protect my First Amendment rights. I mm-hmm. have a right to go to the public square just like anybody else does. And, and think of, the, of, of what happens if, this, if I don't win. If mm-hmm. I don't win... You want to talk about the Wild West, because what they're telling people, what they will be telling politicians and, and the ability to attack not just politicians, but also you know, anybody that's, that's famous. Mark, I can effectively go out there, develop a bunch of anonymous accounts, and accuse Mark Levin or anybody else I want of anything that I want at any time. Mm-hmm. Is that what we want in this country? I can, I can just go and accuse you of... of of, well, I won't even say the crime, but just the... But, uh, but you the, know what, kind of, they're, they're, as a lawyer, they're going to have a... They're going to have to make a decision. They're going to have to decide if they defend as a wholly private entity. And if they do that, Congressman, they don't have the protection that the media have. Or they have to decide if they're a, a media-like outfit, in which case their conduct is going to come under scrutiny because they don't conduct themselves as a media-like outfit is supposed to conduct itself. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they try to defend themselves. Uh, it, it will be, and that's why we are, you know, we are, you know, we feel very strongly about this case. And I've spent a long time uh, developing it, figuring out a way to do it the right way. And, and we're starting with Twitter, like I said, because they are, Who's they next? are the gaslighters of all this. Who else are you looking at? I'm looking at other media companies. Of course, you know, I can't tell you now who it is, mm-hmm. but um, we will be filing the probably one about every two weeks as mm-hmm. my lawyer and, and, and team can, can put them together. Okay. But there was a lot. I mean, you know this, Mark. I mean, I, I don't have to tell you, and your listeners know, but, I mean, they, they accuse me of every crime in the book, and most of the major news organizations in this country were behind it. And somebody was providing them these stories, and we want to know who it was. And, and, and look, I look how right to know who that was. And look how this crew operation. Look, look how they were working in, in concert, likely with Schiff and the Democrats, to try and move you at least temporarily out of the uh, chairmanship for uh, for the purposes of conducting that investigation. That's right. And that was just you remember that one, Mark. And that was just one of many. That was just mm-hmm. that was just one little one. That look. That was a big deal, too, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. were able to force me to step aside from leading the investigation. That cost us, that cost us several months of our investigation. Just think, you know, people are now, you're, you're seeing these transcripts that are being released now over the last few weeks. Yeah. That was a result of the work that we did with mm-hmm. our task force. Imagine if we would have had, if we wouldn't have lost those two or three months in there, um, I mean, it was really I was out for I was out for eight months from leading the investigation, but but it really set us back two or three months in what we could have done. So we would have had that many more people that we would have interviewed, and we still have, as it relates to FISA abuse and and who was and the Democrats colluding with Russians, as we like to say today. You know, we still have about fifty people that we'd like to interview under oath. You know, you literally deserve the Medal of Freedom. You really do. Well, you thank you. You were the point on the arrow on this. You took all this abuse. You brought the litigation that led to the revelation of who was funding Fusion GPS and the dossier and so forth, uh, and you took a lot of heat, including from Republicans in the Senate who were disgraceful, stabbing you in the back while you were fighting this war. I remember it. 
and I want to thank you, and uh, good luck to you. Hey, thank, thanks a lot, Mark. It's a pleasure to be back on the show. And, and look, as these come forward, I mean, I'll be glad to come back on your show and explain it, but, um, but we, will have, um, we will have several others uh, being filed over the course of the next couple months. And um, God willing, uh, we, will, we will prevail. Uh, and look, and, and we're just trying to get to discovery. You know, we want to know mm-hmm. what the truth is. And they're going to fight you like hell because that's where the that's where the battle is fought, and they don't want you to have any discovery. Trust me. <laughs> I agree. I All right, Congressman, and we do okay. want to have you back to update us. Good luck hey, to you. Th- thanks a lot. All right, be well. The man's a hero. He really is. He fought like hell, and they tried to destroy him. And I remember the Republicans in the Senate attacking him, media attacking him. It was it was a disgrace. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Optima Tax Relief, ladies and gentlemen. Do you owe the IRS back taxes? Got a lot of stress and anxiety in your life, don't you? And it's justified. The IRS is a brutal operation, and they can take your paycheck and your bank accounts, even your home and your business. Now, here's your lifeline. Optima Tax Relief. Optima knows that tax problems can affect anyone, contractors, truckers, small business owners, teachers, you name it. And Optima knows that behind every tax problem are families with paychecks, savings, homes, all that need to be protected. Now, Optima can't help you if you don't call them. Imagine no more demand letters, no more threatening calls, and no agents showing up at your home or your office. Now take a deep breath and relax because Optima, well, they have your back. Optima has resolved over a billion dollars, over a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients. They are experts in IRS Fresh Start Initiative, and they're the folks I trust to end your IRS nightmare. That's why we've been sponsors they have of this program for so long. Call Optima Tax Relief for a free confidential consultation. That's right, a free confidential consultation. Here's what you do. Don't wait any longer. Call 800-499-6300. John, Las Vegas, Nevada. K-Don, the great KDWN. Where it's really happening tonight. Go right ahead, sir. Hey, big guy. Listen, I was so mad today. I just couldn't believe it when I heard on the radio that the Democrats want to add more Supreme Court justices because they didn't get their way. They want to kill the Electoral electoral College because they didn't get their way. They want to do everything till the last day of Trump's office to try to get rid of them. They're poorest losers on the planet. My mother told me 45 years ago this country would be taken over without one shot being fired and I don't know what she saw but we're under attack. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. We're being devoured. Yeah, and, and the battlefield's got to be at the next election booth. Let's hope so. If we, uh, we, we're going to have to turn out in big, big numbers because their kook base is all worked up as usual, you know? doesn't take much to work up their kook base, now does it? No, no, not at all. They're all excited about infanticide. They're all excited about socialism. They're yeah, all excited right. about open borders. They're all excited if they can eviscerate the military and law enforcement. They're all excited about replacing the Constitution with something or other. 
They're very, very excited about tearing down our nation. They're all worked up. Absolutely. Now, Mark, one more statement, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll bow out. But uh, the Green New Deal is for, I'm not going to say stupid people, but for gullible people. And it's 12 years till the, the, uh, the, the world comes to an end. The Green Deal is money. They want to use this to get elected because everybody wants it. It's like saying, hey, we got a $100,000 car. Come down to the dealership. It's only five grand. Oh, you're going to have to wait another two years, another two years. It's going to go 12 years. They're going to raise our taxes. They're going to find a way to scoop all that money and put it in their pocket. And they say, oh, sorry, couldn't do it. And they'll leave with millions of dollars. That's the Green New Deal. All right, my friend. Green as in cash, I guess. Well, we know Beto O'Rourke O'Dork is uh, lying because even the Associated Press is calling him out on this 12 years to fight climate change. As reported by the Washington Times, the Associated Press has thrown cold water on an increasingly popular Democratic talking point that the Earth has just 12 years to stave off climate doomsday. Well, I don't know. If it wasn't for the Associated Press, I would have thought that Beto O'Dourke was right. Just 12 days, uh, just 12 years. Why don't they talk about what really is supposed to go under in 12 years? Social Security which they want to expand. They want to expand Social Security so seniors don't get a damn dime, apparently. And by the way, not just the Democrats, we've got Republicans doing the same thing. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all local, state, and federal law enforcement. Thank you. Don't forget Levin TV tonight. I'll see you on the radio tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you.